You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past, and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now, though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start and join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm slash start. Hey everybody, what is up? My name is Eric McGrew. Welcome back to this episode of Elevated Office. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Can you believe it? So this episode is going to be about 10 products that I think um, you might or might not want to buy, and I'll go over those. And um, we'll talk very briefly about the pros and cons. I do videos on my YouTube channel uh, that are about the reviews of these products that are more in-depth. So keep that in mind. These are just brief overviews, and I thought you guys might like this episode. So let's talk about a few key factors or um, components I thought I would like, didn't really end up liking as much as I thought, and then some that I really like that I bought, and I'm really glad that I did. All right, let's get started. All right, so let's get into it. The The reality of it is is that I had kind of a hard time putting together this list of 10 things that um, I wanted to talk about because I own a lot of equipment. You get a lot of different ropes and lanyards and prusiks and pulleys and all this stuff, and you can talk about all of those. And I mean, I could have a list of 50 things that I think I like um, that you might want to look at and probably a pretty equal list of things that I just didn't care for that much. Well, I don't know. Most stuff on the market is really good. But to get us started, we're going to talk about a product that I really like. One that really surprised me as to how good it is. There's a lot of debate online about it. Um, it's the TreeMotion Evo saddle. And if you're hearing this and you own an Evo, you're, you're like, well, that's not a surprise at all, more than likely. But still, there are a number of people who have talked about how they didn't like the saddle. Um... A lot of people say that it feels like it's falling off of them and that especially with a big saw, it feels like it's hanging and da-da-da-da-da. The truth is is that it can feel that way. Um, The first few times I wore it, I was kind of uneasy with it. It sits very low for a saddle, but I got used to it very quickly. And never forget, you can also opt to run suspenders with it if you want for if you're doing long days with big saws and things. But I hang my 462 with a 28-inch standard bar off of it all the time climb with it and it it doesn't really make it much of a difference to me um i i've gotten used to it it doesn't seem to sag any more than like my buckingham ergolite saddle did so um the only difference is, is that in its nature of design it sits lower 
than the other saddles tend to. So that does make a difference. But one thing that is a big difference and one reason I like this saddle is because it sits below your hip bones, when it does get drugged down a little bit by a heavier saw, and that's a, I want to be clear when I say drugged down, it's not very much. It's just a very little bit, no more than other saddles, like I said, in my opinion. The um, Because it sits below your hip bones, it doesn't dig into your hip bones. So yeah, it, it kind of feels like it's sagging a little bit on one side at first until you get used to it but it's not pressing on your hip bones which is nice um so it's in my opinion with a big saw on the saddle it's a um, much more comfortable saw or a bigger saw i should say because a 462 isn't the biggest saw out there um but yeah really really like this saddle uh the the side d rings for uh spur climbing on spars are a little bit far back um so it can be a bit difficult to reach around with your right hand to the left side sometimes but it's not impossible and it's not overly complicated it's just a little bit more uh, widespread and some of that's me i'm a i'm a fairly large guy i weigh around 220 pounds and the the rings spread out a little bit more um because i'm just wide so um, keep that in mind. If you're a skinnier person then, or a trimmer person, then it'll come in a little bit closer and it won't be as much of an issue. But then again, lots of times you have to be relative to the arm length you have. If you're six foot two and only 170 pounds, then yeah, you're going to have a better reach. If you're six foot, I mean, if you're five foot two and 170 pounds, then it's going to be more like what I'm dealing with, I would assume. So love the saddle, super comfortable. My legs don't go numb in it anymore uh, like they did in the other saddles that I've worn. Um, And I can hang in it all day long. Has two bridges. I run them independently instead of together. I run two swivels on it. So I like the versatility of that. I love the lower D-rings being on the legs. That makes it really, really good. Um, One thing to keep in mind though is that when you're at least for me one of the 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 only inconveniences i find with the saddle as a general rule are those that come with spur climbing so if you do a lot of spur climbing you might want to think about whether it's for you or not some guys love it for that i do find though that um i run a emergency escape rope that's also a second lanyard ish and i run a um, regular lanyard. So I have one that cinched around with a bowline, um, running bowline. It cinches the, uh, spar or chokes the spar, if you want to call it that. And I run a rope runner, which is kind of a long device, relatively speaking. And when I have it attached to the bridge or the leg rings, it makes me sit back a little bit far. It almost never fully engages unless I take my lanyard off completely and then I have to sit back in it which can be a bit uncomfortable um, to get used to Uh, the only other thing is that you could run your device off of a shortened bridge which I still do and it's still a little long because if you're running a, a device like that now if you're running a double rope off of a choker that's for friction saving it might not be as big of a deal because you're probably running a prusik or a zigzag and they're all a little bit shorter than the rope runner is maybe even the akimbo i don't know haven't run the akimbo in this format yet so um keep that in mind i I don't mean to 
make it sound like it's not good for spar work. It's just dependent on some of the factors like what kind of devices you're using, what kind of setup you're using on the choker for your emergency escape. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the leg D rings don't work real great for spar work. In my opinion, uh, neither do the bridges because they just are too long and sit you back too far from the. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. from the uh, tree so just keep that in mind and you guys can discern from there what you want to do with it but overall i love the saddle can't imagine climbing with another saddle as a regular basis um i've thought about setting up my ergolite and letting it be a spar saddle only the problem with that is is that many times when i'm doing a removal like cottonwoods elm trees willows i have to remove everything on the tree first and then I'm left to the spar and I'm not going to change the saddle just for that so that's you know one of those things if it was just a pine then maybe I would just take the ergolite out and use it as a spar saddle only because you're not really walking out on limbs and things you're just lopping stuff off as a general rule and what little bit of movement you'd have to have wouldn't be that bad and that being said the ergolite is not a bad saddle it's just i can't stand to be in it i'm trimming for long periods of time because my legs go numb so um and that's with every adjustment i've made i have tried everything on that saddle and it just didn't fit me but that was all resolved with my uh tree motion evo yes it's an expensive saddle but in my opinion totally worth the money so go give it a try and see what you think about it all right so let's move on to the next product So we just talked about the Tree Motion Evo as the number one, or the first product, not number one. I, I don't mean to put it above the rest, it's just how the list came out. So now we're going to talk about the second item, and that is the DMM Wells Large Swivel. So I know a lot of people are running the small swivels, and they're really good quality. I've, I've looked at them and played with them a little bit, and they're, they're great. A um, number of people ask me why I run the large swivels. Yes, they are a little bit more weighty then the um small swivels they have a little bit more weight to them i run two of them yes i've doubled the weight of just one to two because i run independent bridges on my tree motion evo but the reason i run the dmm wells large swivel is because they're so fluid in every sense they run across the rope bridge very very fluidly they're very controlled i feel like i have a lot of enough friction but yet i have enough movement without having to like throw my hips and and be feel like i'm a little out of control and shit over shifting it doesn't bind too much they're they're good and also they allow me to hook up three carabiners to one swivel um so i can run m rigs or v rigs whatever you want to call it i can even run um multiple anchors off of different you know uh setups without just I, I i can even fit like 
um, varying, uh, it's hard to explain, but I, I can fit varying, um, levels of componentry on there, uh, for what I need. And I really, really like the quality of DMM wells. I really like the swivels. They're totally worth the money in my opinion. And they have made my climbing for complicated limb walks and uh, branch removal over roofs and things uh, where my top rope ang angle is very um, not super steep it's super shallow much much easier so um, they wear well as well the finish on them is good the quality of material is good so yeah there I, I can't really say anything bad about them um, of course price is always a thing you pay for quality so they're a bit pricey for what they are but um, are they unduly pricey for what they are no the quality really merits the price so yeah love the dmm large swivels and if you're not running one and you like swivels maybe go give it a try and if you're running one of the small ones maybe give a large one a try just to see the different configurations you can use with it if you've never used m rigs or v rigs then you might want to experiment with those they can give you a lot of stability and ability to use two hands on a saw versus hanging on with one hand and one handing another a saw with the other um, I, I found that it just makes me safer running uh, swivels and connection points that I can connect multiple devices to. Um, and I don't like pulleys on my bridge, which we'll get into in a, a whole nother thing. But yeah, so DMM large swivels, DMM wells, really like them. Go check them out. So here we are on item number three or product number three, and that is the rope runner. Um, so let's talk about the rope runner. I really like the rope runner in a lot of ways. Um, some people always leave their rope runner attached kind of like a zigzag. I, I do that sometimes, but a lot of times I do have to remove the rope runner from my rope for, in my opinion, ease. Um, it gets caught in crotches of the trees that I'm running a lot of times because I do a lot of moderately sized elms, willows, uh, cottonwoods, uh, locusts, um, sometimes tree of heaven. And what happens is since they're not huge trees, the crotches aren't very spread apart. They're very narrow and angular. And what can happen with that is that the rope runner can get jammed if you don't get it over just right when you're trying to redirect your line and I've had a couple of situations where it got so frustrating that I prefer to take the rope runner off my line and put it on um, throw the line over and then rehook it problem with that is that the rope runner is midline detachable or attachable whatever you want to call it um, but it has various components and parts that you have to take apart and not lose or drop and then reassemble and that can be a challenge at times so short of it is i love the device it is so fluid and smooth so little setup um in in relative terms i just keep buying the same diameter lines and even though it's a bit more finicky with adjustments for line thickness I found that once you set it for a basic like 11.7, which is what I climb on, then 
even different kinds of 11.7, it pretty much works with that. I don't have to make many adjustments to it. So that's good. Um, like any device, there are wear components, but the good thing about the Rope Runner is you can change those wear components. We can talk about all that in the future. Um, the It works with DDRT or MRS, whatever you want to call it. Um, they don't recommend it because it gets collapsed and it can stay collapsed and then you have to break it open But if you remember to break it open each time with your hand, it's it's not a big deal um, But I don't think it's recommended from the factory as a moving rope system or DDRT system device So keep that in mind as well Overall though, I love it. I've, I've climbed on the Akimbo, not a ton, but I've climbed on it and I didn't like the Akimbo a whole lot. Um, I found it very finicky to adjust. Uh, and the Rope Runner is, yeah, I, I think I like the Rope Runner better, at least for so far. So if you haven't run a Rope Runner before and you're looking at a new device for SRT, definitely give it a go and you might like what you see. I think it's super fluid for tending rope and I think it is very smooth for descent and very controllable um it, it, from what i can tell it's a it's almost as fluid in descent and ascent as the zigzag so just my two cents on it and um now we'll go into product number four All right, so we're on to product number four. This product is only okay in my opinion. It does work and it has its functions, but I find that it's not as useful as I had hoped it would be. Um, it can be a little bit cumbersome to teach people how to use. So what is it? It's the rope jack. Now, why is the product only okay well it does do what it says it will do you can pre-tension rigging lines and stuff and that's super handy super handy okay don't want to take that away from it but a, a few key factors that make it less than ideal is that it does use ascenders to pull the rope and if you accidentally over crank on it you can start to tear the sheathing of your rope because it has the little um teeth on the cinders and I also find that if you're using a standard um, porter wrap like most of us probably are uh, because the porter wrap is only attached by the bottom it, it and it flops around a little bit more it can be difficult to get the rope jack to stay stable um, while using it even though it's connected to the top of the porter wrap in my case you could also run another sling around the tree and run the porter wrap to that sling I mean, um, I'm sorry, the rope jack to that sling and maybe give it a bit more stability. I haven't tried it that way and I might, but um, yeah, it's it's just not a little bit more finicky than I had hoped it would be, okay? It does do everything it says it does and it can be useful. Um, it's less useful for lifting stuff than I thought. And one of the reasons for that is I have tried this thing on 13 millimeter rope and on 11.7 rope. And at least as of yet, and I've used it like four times, the cans keep getting stuck and I actually have to like put my hand on the back of the rope and push the jack forward and make it shift and pull the cams with my hands, the ascenders. 
and then pull back because it doesn't stay aligned and move as fluidly as I had hoped or I would like. So it takes a little bit more finesse to get it to work and a bit more movement of the hands than I had hoped. I was hoping it would glide a little bit smoother and then you have to remember how to put it on um, which can at first be a bit of a challenge. You have to kind of play with it and then getting it off, especially if you're teaching somebody new. It's a bit of a, a task. You have to, what is it? Pull it back, undo the front one and then push it forward. And you, it, it's a bit of a, a task to get it off the line as well. So certain situations definitely can be handy, but I find that I f- figure out other ways to do the work just simply because, well, it sometimes takes more time to use it than if I just put a Prusik on with a pulley and did a three to one or, or a five to one or whatever with a, uh, um, um, you know, the block that has multiple shivs on sheaves on it. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So that's my overview of that. Um, may not be the product you want to spend the $235 on. It's not terrible in a, in a pinch it works. But um, if there's any slack like pulling a tree over, the only thing it's kind of good for, in my opinion, is to give the pretension. But you can't keep cranking on it once the line gets slack anyway, and it just, it, it may not be worth the money to you. You may be better off giving, buying a um, pulley that's multiple sheaves in it that will allow you to do three or five to one instead. So just my, my two cents on it. I don't think it's a terrible product. Keep that in mind. I just don't know that it's worth the money for everybody. There may be very specific uses out there that would be worth it. And if so, go get it, give it a try. If you really think it's worth it, um, give it a try. It's a well-built product. It's just a little bit more cumbersome than I had hoped. So there we go. That's my uh, view on the rope jack. All right. So product number five is basically a very broad um, concept, not so much a specific product. But it's the smaller, medium-sized, if you want to call it that, pulleys. Um, so I'm not talking about micro pulleys. Those are a whole different thing. I'm talking about small pulley blocks. So I have an ISC RP048, I think it is. Uh, ICS or ISC Wells does a really good job of building aluminum pulleys that are high quality, high weight um, ability or, you know, they have, um, the ability to handle decent sized weights for what they are and they're lightweight. And I really, really like the pulley that I purchased from Gap Arborist recently. Um, it, it, it's a, I didn't realize how beneficial it was cause I have an ISC or is it CMI? I don't remember. I have a stainless steel pulley block. That's like a four inch sheath. Um, it's heavy and it's complicated sometimes to get in uh, through a, a ultra sling or a soft eye sling. Um, and it's kind of weighty and it's a bit oversized for a lot of the rigging I need to do on smaller trees. And then micro pulleys aren't bad, but um, they're a little bit finicky to open up with the twisting cheeks like that without being able to keep them hung on there. Whereas this is a nice balance. I can rig some fairly large wood off of this 
and very small stuff and it's a decent balance weight um to carry on my saddle i forget that it's there versus the stainless steel one that's big is like you know you know it's there um it's easy to move around in the tree the the sling you're using with it typically is a little bit um you know uh little bit lighter weight and not as beefy you know so it's it's just overall in my opinion a a good setup um i wish i had bought it earlier on it probably would have saved me some money in some other avenues of rigging gear but um yeah so really really like the small pulleys the isc um rp048 is a really good one if you're looking for one and it's not too terribly expensive so go give it a try and um the the bushing quality and everything from what i can tell is just really really nice so it it runs smoothly but it gives just the slightest bit of friction a lot of the stuff my guy doesn't even have to use a porter wrap or anything on he may wrap it under a branch in a removal to give a little bit extra friction but a lot of times it's just my hand and i'm taking tops out of like 30 foot trees and he can handle them with it so definitely worth giving a go if you're looking for um simplified rigging for smaller stuff maybe one of these smaller pulleys with like a uh three inch sheave or two and a half inch sheave or something like that um this one only goes up to half inch rope i'm running half inch rope or 11.7 in it depending on what i'm using i use some light um rigging rope or some old climbing rope sometimes and it works fine with all of that as well so there you have it definitely something to consider the smaller end of the pulley blocks but we're not talking micro pulleys So for number six, we are going to talk about the Silky Fine Tooth Zubat Saw. So this is something I just found on Cheryl Tree. Um, Gap Arborist actually ordered it for me and I purchased it through them. Uh, Cheryl Tree does have it as well. Oddly enough, they do sell it, and in your supply houses that buy through them can get it because they, unfortunately, well, I don't want to say unfortunately, Cheryl Tree is the, the official U.S. rep for Silky, um, and what's odd is that none of the other companies really promote this saw, the fine-toothed Zubat. Uh, they have, I've run the Silky Professional, right, um, Zubat. And it was a good saw and everything, but what I found is that the teeth for what I do a lot of times are a little bit too big for pruning and things. They would snag and rip the bark, I mean, rip the branch off, especially smaller, finer stuff on willows or uh, cottonwoods or whatnot. Whereas this finer tooth one definitely cuts cleaner for pruning like uh, fruit trees and small pines and whatever. But also on top of that, what I found is that it works really well on deadwood. So I like the way that it's easy to get it started because the teeth are closer together and it it doesn't chatter as much and it's not as hard to get started. Um, so if you haven't looked into it, definitely check out the Fine Tooth Silky Zubat 
blade uh, or saw. Thing is, I haven't found if I can get a blade for it yet that's just the blade. They've got to sell the blade too, but everybody I've seen, well, Cheryl Tree is the only one I've seen it on once again. They only have it as a hand saw, so you have to buy the handle in that so far. But I'm working with um, Gap Arbors to see if I can't get replacement blades for it without buying the whole saw because, of course, the whole saw is like 90 bucks or 80 bucks or something. Um, the hand saw, the blade would only be like 45 or so. So that's what I'm looking for. In fact, I found that I don't really want the um, bigger, larger, or extra large tooth of the uh, professional saw for what I do. I would, I'm more satisfied with the fine tooth. So um, maybe something you want to give a try if you're doing a lot of pruning in trees and if you do a lot of deadwooding because it actually cuts into the deadwood a lot faster uh, without chattering and binding as much in my opinion. So it might be something you're looking forward to. Um, Greenwood, the larger tooth saws do cut through a little faster, just so you know. But overall, the fine tooth is what I'm preferring at the moment. So um, we'll talk about some other ideas with the silky saws and stuff like that in the future. But yeah, definitely consider the fine tooth silky Zubat. Alright, so number seven on the list for me is talking about the easy reach. Um, hmm, the easy reach pruner. I bought the short easy reach pruner from Home Depot and I like it a lot actually. Um, there are a few things I don't really care for with it, but this easy reach that I'm referring to is the extension version of it. I, I thought, man, I like the small one so much um, for pruning, even when I'm tree climbing, because it's lightweight, it's easy, it works pretty well, it cuts pretty well, da 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 da. I'll get the extended version so I can do longer reaches instead of trying to, man, you know, maneuver a pole saw in tight crotches. This thing can get in there sometimes or whatnot, um, out on the tips of limbs and stuff. But what I found is I really dislike the uh, easy reach extension pruner. Okay, so. The short one that's stationary, I like. This extension one, not so much. There's a number of reasons why I don't like it. One is that for whatever reason, um, maybe leverage or whatnot, the, the um, lopper and the anvil tend to bind over branches more on this one. Even though it's been sharpened and I made sure the mechanism is tight and whatnot. It binds and it gets pinched and then you have to fight to get it unloose. And then another thing is is that the, the webbing strap that's used to make the mechanical device of the, the uh, lopper and anvil come together gets wrapped around the handle easily and then it's unusable and you have to fight and get it undone. It's not like a hard thing to get undone. It's just inconvenient, especially when you're extended in an awkward position in the tree or if you're on the ground looking up and you know it's fully extended. Is it a useless item? No, it's not useless. It's just not as ideal as I had hoped and I find that I kind of stay away from it more because it's not as good as I would have liked. And for the money, uh, I just don't know that it's worth it. I don't remember how much it cost, 80 bucks or something, but yeah. Wasn't my favorite purchase. Um, and I, I don't recommend that you go out and buy one. I think you're better off with a pair of traditional loppers um, that are on an extension pole or 
you are better off with a pole saw or something that's high quality over getting the easy reach uh, extension pruner. So just keep that in mind. That's by Fiskar, by the way. The short one, very good. Long one or the extension one, not so great. Okay, let's move on to the next item. Alright, so for number 8, um, it saddens me to say that it's a silky product that I'm not super fond of. Um, that's just not common, but nobody can be perfect, no company is perfect, and this is definitely, in my opinion, not a great product from Silky. So I bought the, um, I have to look up what model it is, but I bought the lopper head for the Hayuchi or Hayachi uh, extension pole saw. Um, I have the 21 foot extension pole saw and I bought this lopper head. It wasn't super cheap. It wasn't like crazy expensive. I want to say it was like $90 or something. And I've been fairly disappointed with it. Um, so there's two reasons that I don't particularly like it. And we can go into this in a further discussion, a bit more detail. But one is that even though the mechanism is tight and the access bolt is tight, the anvil and the lopper tend to flay out and get trapped on branches and nubs that aren't very big. So we're not talking like one inch stuff or three quarter inch stuff. We're talking like eighth inch, quarter inch sometimes. It just binds in there. Um, and so that's frustrating. Then you're fighting with a 21 foot pole saw or whatever. I, yeah, it's not, it's not ideal. I expected a lot more. I've used cheaper ones that worked better, honestly, in my opinion. Um, on top of that, the lever arm that comes off that gives you the leverage is really big and it makes it... So the idea of a pruner, right, is that you can get it in there and lop off certain things or whatnot. And, and, and this this lever arm limits a lot of your area in a, in a very tight crotch to be able to get in there and lop it off. So, yeah, um, I hate to say it, but I don't recommend buying it. Um, I like a lot of silky stuff, but that's unfortunate that it, I don't. I don't know which one to buy. I haven't found real good ones. I just kind of stick with pole saws these days. But if you're looking for a lopper, maybe not this one, maybe a Corona. I don't know. Um, there's a number of brands out there that are high quality, quote unquote, high quality professional um, garden and, you know, trimming loppers. So maybe one of those would be a better deal. I don't know. Just um, go check it out and see. Look at some other options, maybe, because I'm not sold on this one at all. I can't recommend it. So there you go. The Silky pruner lopper head for the Hayachi or Hayuchi or whatever it's called um, 21 foot pole saw extension pole not preferred and not recommended at least for me all right let's get on to number nine the echo t2511 cs Alright, so product number nine on our list is the Echo T2511CS, and the best I can say about this salt is it's okay. Um, yes, if you saw my live feed on YouTube about this saw, I was pretty stoked about it in the beginning. I find though I just really don't use it that much. Um, 
multiple reasons for that which I'll go over in more detail but very simply put it's not powerful enough uh, out of the box to make it an overall all-round saw for me I find that most of the pruning work I do I would prefer to use a 201 um, in lieu of the echo I don't do enough fine pruning and I can control the 201 easily enough that I don't really need the uh, echo. Um, most of the stuff that's small enough that I like to use the echo on, I don't like to try to cut with it because it's usually near tight crotches and things and I would rather pull out a, a silky Zubat handsaw and cut it if it's that small. And if it's bigger than that, the 201 is much faster and a little bit more controllable in my opinion. Now, that being said, I'm running the factory Echo uh, cog, uh, drive cog, and the factory Echo chain. I know that a lot of people have upgraded to the, um, like the 193, uh, the MS193 steel bar and chain and drive cog. Um, I don't know how that would work because I've never done it. Some people really like it, but some people that have even upgraded to that have said it wasn't worth the money in the upgrade. Um, once you've done all that stuff, you're into it quite a bit for money. And like I said, we can just go into a bit more detail in the future on that. But the end result for the saw is it's okay. It's not horrible. It, some people love it. It's it, it runs fairly well, at least mine does. And it cuts fairly well within a certain range of material, but for my overall use, it's a saw that I end up not really climbing with. My groundsman uses it to limb up stuff on the ground more than anything, so it sits by the chipper and it gets run a lot like that, but definitely not something I'm climbing with. I've probably climbed with it uh, a few times this year, honestly, since I bought it. So, um, don't know if you want the saw or not lots of people say good things about it lots of people are kind of indifferent to it and lots of people don't really like it so just kind of keep that in mind i can't personally particularly recommend it but i don't discourage the purchase of the saw it really depends on your style of climbing and style of work and the kinds of trees you're working on if you're cutting through hickory i wouldn't recommend this saw or very dense hard woods like that um but if you're doing a lot of deadwooding, maybe not either, depending on how hard it is or whatnot. So just, um, we'll talk about it more in the future, but as far as this episode goes, it's only okay. I can't give outstanding recommendations, nor will I say don't run out and buy it. Okay. Hope that clears that up a little bit, which doesn't, I just confused you more. But with that being said, we're going to move on to the last item, item number 10, the silky hook fox. All right, so here we are with number 10, the last item of this episode that I'm going to talk about. Um, this is the Silky Hook Fox. I run it specifically on my Silky Zubat pole saw. I have the 11 foot pole saw or 12 foot pole saw, I don't remember what it is, but it's the longer of the extension pole saws that you can get that are a Silky Zubat. Um, have to say I really really like this product um, it, it's it's got a very unique design to it in comparison to some of the hooks out there for pole saws it's got a hook it's got a hole for a carabiner so that you can grab certain things and set them in certain ways and things like that um, you can 
send I send it down sometimes and people hook things like a, a rope onto that and then I pull it up that way um, also I use my hook fox to for a, a custom mod that I did that keeps my sheath on so that I can climb with a sheath and it not fall off and me be able to hang it on and I use the hook fox a lot for just different things um, we will go into that later, but for the price you pay for it, which is like, I want to say 20 something dollars, uh, even though it can be a bit more cumbersome and tight crotches because now you have something hanging off the back and it can hit, it's really, really worth it in my opinion. I really, really like it. Um, use it a lot for line redirects and different things. So once again, we'll go into more detail on that, but the short gist of it is, is that I don't think you can really go wrong buying a silky hook Fox for, uh, at least the Zubat. Um, I know some people are running them on the Hayachi or Hayuchi or whatever that, I, I don't know how to say that name. Hayachi, I think it is, um, by silky as well, but totally worth the money. Doesn't add much weight to your saw and it's not very um, expensive and it does a lot for you um, when you're climbing especially if you like climbing with uh, pole saws which I do and we'll talk about why in the future as well so hope this uh, is beneficial for you guys to consider uh, product number 10 silky hook fox definitely worth it and now we're gonna end up with everything we've done bye I want to thank everybody for stopping by and checking out this episode of Elevated Office. This is the first episode of season two, which is super cool. want to thank everybody who's listening and subscribing to the podcast. It's growing every day in numbers. Um, I'm getting more and more listens. YouTube is growing every day as well. My channel is um, literally every day I'm getting new subscribers. So that's very cool. want to thank you all for that. I couldn't do it without you. Uh, definitely check out Gap arborsupply.com they're in Gap, Pennsylvania if you're local there or in the you know that general area swing by give them a check um, they have literally been the arborist supply shop that I've been looking for they are just they're able to answer questions that I have and that's nice I've run the gambit with different um, supply companies and I won't say that the other companies are bad companies it's just they often can't give me the detail or answer technical questions that Gap Arborist has been able to do the cool thing about Gap is that they treat each person as a, um, a friend and a, a, a preferred client and like Kyle and Ray both have been stellar about you know what, Eric, I, I don't actually know the answer to that, but let me find out what the answer is. And then they go home and do research or they do it at work. I mean, they're, they're really putting that customer service level for Arborist to the next level. Uh, they've both been around the Arborist industry for a while and totally get what we're dealing with and what, um, what the importance of what we're dealing with is. So, so go check them out. And I hope this stuff that I've gone over gives you a bit of a, an idea of what I like and don't like, what I think you might want to consider buying versus not. Please know I don't think my opinion is the final opinion. I know that each person climbs differently, works differently. I've talked to various climbers and we've had differences of opinion. I always try to be respectful to that though. 
So um, if, you, if you don't think you climb like I do or your opinion is different than mine, I get it. Uh, hopefully, though, I can shine some light on some products that you would like to at least investigate a little bit more. So once again, thanks for stopping by. Please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast through your preferred podcast uh, host. And also, please don't forget to go over to my uh, YouTube page. And check out the YouTube videos I'm doing there. Subscribe, hit that bell beside the subscription button. And then if you have a few extra moments, please go by Facebook and check out my Elevated Office podcast page there. And and follow and comment and talk to me. Let me know what you're thinking. And if you want, if you're active on Instagram, you can also find me at Eric, E-R-I-C underscore M-C-G-R-E-W, Eric McGrew, with an underscore in between. And, of course, I um, hope to have you as a follower there. And I hope to see all of you guys in the future. All these links to everything will be in the description of this podcast on YouTube and on the podcast page. And I will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for stopping by.